I'm TJ. And I am Will. And this is... Zero Quarters. Zero Quarters. And we are thankful to be here again. We weren't here last week because fall break came, so they decided to cancel the show last week. But we're back. We're here. We're back. And we feel great. And we're ready to feel all sportsy. Yep. Uh, and a quite a lot has uh, happened the past uh, weekend. Yes. And a lot is going to happen this weekend as uh, well. I can just guarantee it. So, first thing I wanted to talk about was the women's soccer game last week. Gardner-Webb women played Campbell. And they lost. For, yes, they lost. And I was going to get to that. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was for the Big South regular season championship. And, like you just said, they lost 2 to nothing. But, that doesn't mean the Bulldogs are out of it just yet. No, the Gardner-Webb running Bulldogs women's soccer team are ranked 4th in the uh, Big South Tournament, and they will play ranked number five Longwood uh, tonight, actually, in women's soccer. Now, I did some stats here of the uh, three star players. Sydney David, first off, she had, in her total career, one goal, two points, and 17 shots on goal. Next up, we got uh, Bree Nagel with one assist, one point, and two shots. Lastly, Brandy Airy. Uh, she is the star... Senior player for the Lady Running Bulldogs. Uh huh. Six goals, five assists, 17 points, and I'm not kidding, 78 shots in her whole career. That's amazing. And is it funny I know these three girls? That's crazy. And, yeah. and uh, GW finished 6 uh, and 3 in the league record. And the last time that Gardner Webb and Longwood met, was September 24th of this season, and it was at Longwood. The Lancers went went one five to zero, and sophomore goalkeeper Keely Brown posted a season high in saves, tallying 13 star ups. The game starts at 7 p.m. at Green Harvison Stadium, and you could also watch it on the Big South Network. And this game is going to be big. This is like revenge for Gardner Webb, and it's in the playoffs, so. This win would be big key for Gardner Webb. Not only will you get revenge, but you advance. And I think Keeley Brown's going to be an- having another exceptional game. I definitely got Gardner Webb over Longwood in this one. Yeah. So after the shutout from Campbell, you could bet that Keeley Brown is going to be on a mission to make sure that she stays on top of things. I think it'll be a tough game, but I'm going to go with Gardner Webb to by one goal here. Yes. Now, we had an exciting football game. Will, you got to experience that football game. I got game. to experience it. We were down by like 23 at halftime, but somehow, some way, we made a miraculous comeback. We started to make one of the craziest comebacks I've seen in a long time. Um, we came up just short by eight points. But it was uh, very close. It was a lot closer than most people gave us credit for. Yes. Tyrell Maxwell had 202 passing yards, three touchdowns, along with one interception. And Khalil Lewis, may I point out, 18 rushing attempts, 139 rushing yards, two touchdowns. Yep. And now this season he has 147 rushing attempts, 817 yards, 12 touchdowns. He's going for And he's nominated for a Big Staff Award. And Tyrell Maxwell has improved this year. I've loved what I've seen from him. I've watched him. I've studied him. Has had a great season. And now they go against a team that wants revenge on us after last year. 
Yep. Liberty. We beat Liberty 33 to 14 last year. And they were ranked at the time. Now we go to their place. Yeah, and so play. We are three and five, and Liberty is now four and three. And I did a little bit of the research on Liberty as well. Stephen Calvert, their starting quarterback, 350 passing yards, three touchdowns, and two interceptions in their last game, uh, which was a win over Monmouth. Then we have Todd Macon, who had 193 rushing yards and two touchdowns against Monmouth. Wow. And Monmouth's pretty good this year, too. So. Yep. And I looked up against the spread. Gardner-Webb stands at 1-0, and that would be at away. Yeah. And Liberty stands at 1-1. One and one. Against the spread, yes. I saw that, too. Um, The one thing to watch out about Liberty is their passing game. It seems to be the strong point of their offense game, honestly. And it's going to take us in the backfield. You've got Tristan in the backfield, along with the others, who have done okay defending the passing game, but it seemed like when I was watching Ohio against Gardner-Webb, the passing game seemed to kill us. And that's one thing we got to watch out for. Mm-hmm. But you, when you have two great linebackers like Aaron Cook and Chad Jeter, who total have 135 ta- total tackles for both ta- for both of them total. And I think Gardner-Webb is going to play exceptionally well once again. I think it will be a very close one. i like to see Gardner-Webb pull it out. My prediction... 2017. All right. Now, we talked about the offense for Gardner Webb, but I wanted to quickly go over the defense. Me too. Yeah. Um, uh, Chad, Chad Jeter has 46 solo tackles, and Aaron Cook has uh, about 23. So they're about on the same page here. Yes, they are. Um, so they, you're going to have to put a lot of pressure on uh, Stephen Colvert, uh, Calvert after he had. Again, over 350 passing yards in the last game against Liberty. Yes. Um, and Tyrone Maxwell, I would suggest that uh, he would uh, look for more options in passing uh, the ball. Now, one thing you got to look out for the Flames here, their defense. I'm going to point out a couple of defensive players I read about. Dexter Robbins, the linebacker, has t- a total of 30 solo tackles. you got to watch out for him. Nick Newman as well. And... Jawan Wells, and also, I was looking up these guys, and these guys know how to blitz. I watched one video when they played, I'm trying to think, who were they playing? I think they played Mammoth last week. Yes, they did. And I watched them, and they're great with the blitz, and Tyrell's got to prepare for this blitz that Liberty is known for bringing on from what I saw last season. So it'll be interesting to see what they do here. All right. Yeah. All right, so what, so now... It's time to get into big stuff here. All right, so I was uh, I was actually going uh, through ESPN, and, and uh, when I was looking at NBA stuff, there was this one article that just hurt me inside a little bit, and that was uh, the news where Elton Brand announced that he was retiring. Yes, he was. He was a player that both of us grew up watching. Duke player. I, I started watching. Yes, he was a Duke player. He was a First-team All-American, ACC Player of the Year, NBA Co-Rookie of the Year in 2000, a two-time NBA All-Star, played for five different teams, Bulls, Clippers, Mavericks, Hawks, and Sixers. Yeah. And, Elton, I've loved watching you over the... Even though you won't probably won't hear this, more than yeah. likely, but... <laughs> But still, I, I feel like it's good enough for me to say that I've watched you over the years. You were one of my favorite players. Honestly, you, you were in my top three favorite players with Kobe. I mean, that's something. <laughs> and I looked up his career statistics. Uh, 
is, is combined out of all the games he's played in. 16,827 points, 9,040 rebounds, and 2,184 assists. It's, oh, goodness, it's amazing. This guy definitely has a Hall of Fame career. I think so, too. Because he's now joining the ranks of uh, Kevin Garnett, Kobe Bryant, and uh, Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan, all these players that are sadly retiring. But, you know, it's time to put an eye towards the future. Exactly. And you have all these people retiring. I mean, you said Kobe retired, which was my saddest moment in my life. Kobe Bryant retiring. Um, Tim Duncan. Elton Brand. And Tim Duncan. Oh, I said that twice. Elton Brand. And now Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett are going to retire. Paul Pierce. Kevin Garnett retired. Paul Pierce is going to retire after the season. You've got. You said we have to look towards future, and we see a few stars that have risen up. I mean, if you get rid of LeBron James, Stephen Curry, and Kevin Durant, you have Andrew Wiggins, Jaleel Okafor, Jabari Parker, and a few other key players. And and, and if you take a look at uh, the Charlotte Hornets, you have their rising star. Well, he's already a, a big star, Kem, Mr. Kemba Walker. Yes, and Porzingis from the Knicks. I can't pronounce his name right, but yes, I, I believe it is Porzingis. And. It's just, it's crazy how players we knew, we're getting old, we, players we know are retiring, and actually, new players are coming I was actually up. talking to uh, my family about that. I'm thinking, all my all these players I'm growing up with are uh, we're just retiring, and they said, well, you're getting old, and I was thinking, well, I don't like it. <laughs> well, my mom said, the feeling that you have for Kobe is the feeling we had for Larry Bird and Michael Jordan and Magic when they all left, and so... For if LeBron James and Stephen Curry and Kevin Durant retire, it's like Michael Jordan and them retiring to our parents. Mm-hmm. As it for us. <laughs> yep. Um, but NBA seasons. Oh, go ahead. What were you going to say, Bud? Oh no, I was actually going to uh, go ahead and talk about uh, a player who is without a doubt been dominating. We've we grew up watching this guy. People say he's going to be uh, the next Michael Jordan. In fact, maybe even better. And that is none other than three-time NBA champion LeBron James. Yes. In his day, in the in the first game of the season against the Knicks, a triple double, 19 points, 15 rebounds, and I believe it was 14 assists. Too, yes, it was. This Cavs team really impressed me. LeBron James, when he first came to this league, people doubted him, saying he's not going to be this and that. And this guy comes in here, and next thing you know, he's in the top ranking of the best players in the NBA. So. I find LeBron James as one of the best players in sports history, yes, but I want to see him do more. But I really love what I've seen him. I mean, people will either love him or they hate him. And LeBron has shown that what he is capable of. And this Cavs team with Kyrie Irving, he had 29 points. 29 points. And uh, Kevin Love had 23 points. And then you have J.R. Smith and Tristan Thompson helping you out with the defense out there. And you have Iman Shumpert. I I love what I'm seeing from this Cavs team. I I think they're going to repeat, go back to the championship. If they win or not, I don't know. I can't predict that yet. I haven't. <laughs> this has only been one NBA game now. We can't. <laughs> We're already thinking ahead, people. We are. And let me tell you another NBA team that surprised me. The Sixers. The Sixers, of course, you played against the Thunder without Kevin Durant or Serge Ibaka, but Joel Embiid, best performance I've seen since he's been in the NBA. He's always injured. Came out shooting hook shots and fadeaways, and I was like, oh my goodness. This is the Joel Embiid people wanted to see here in Philadelphia. I have to say that uh, I know when the Sixers were like a very good team when they had Allen Iverson, Iverson, and when he left, that was around the time... 
and it was a pretty long time when the Sixers sort of lost their identity and they're trying to get back together. But now it seems as though they are back on track. Yes, they are. And I can't wait to see more from the Sixers, honestly. I'm, I've never been so excited to see the Sixers play. <laughs> and the Lakers upsetting the Rockets. First win. First game after Kobe. First win. Pat, first win mm-hmm. without Kobe. Now, here comes the question that Opani ESPN, are the Lakers better without Kobe now? I, It's hard for me to say that. <laughs> I was a huge Kobe fan, but... Yes and no. No, because you don't have a star, big star in your team. You're going to have to find a rising star. But at the same time, you didn't have Kobe ho- hogging the ball. And as much as I hate to say that, Kobe did hog the ball. Now you're seeing potential from all these players like D'Angelo Russell. And Brandon Egram, the rookie, impressed me. He really impressed me. People are saying that Brandon Ingram might actually be the next Kobe Bryant. <laughs> you can't put pressure on that rookie. We got, we, we've only seen a couple of games right, with him. He's right. been great, but... I love Brandon Ingram. Yes, not just because he played for Duke, but it's because you look at the stats here. I mean, this guy has potential to be a star in the future. Once you see LeBron James and Stephen Curry now, you can see Brandon Ingram in their place once they leave. Yep. But Andrew Wiggins and Brandon Ingram, I already see I already see the future. Whew. And <laughs> but <laughs> another topic we can talk about. Are the Thunder better off without KD or Serge Ibaka? In my opinion, no. But Russell Westbrook couldn't do it all. Russell Best, a few year, a couple years ago when Kevin Durant was injured out for most of the season, only played in eight games, Russell Westbrook came back from injury, tried to take this team back up. He almost did, but came short. Um, do you think this team is better without Kevin Durant? I would say a mix of yes and no. Um, I'd say yes because, uh, okay, so when Kevin Durant was with the Thunder – I actually thought that they would be a pretty dominant team. And sure enough, they were. Yes, they were. They went to the NBA Finals. They ended up coming just short to the Miami Heat. Yes. Um, but it seems like Russell Westbrook, what, ah, Russell Westbrook <laughs> was doing uh, most of the work. Um, but now you got uh, Kevin Durant on the uh, quote-unquote super team with the Golden State Warriors. Yes, which fell short to the Spurs, which everyone was laughing at them. But keep going with what you were saying. Yeah, that's all right. Um, so, I'd say that the Thunder may be better off without uh, Kevin Durant, even though it definitely will not be the same, and you can bet that uh, Kevin Durant is going to have a lot of mixed emotions when, and if the Warriors do visit Oklahoma City, there's going to be a lot of mixed reactions. Which they will. They, They do visit Oklahoma City, actually. Okay. I checked their schedule. Um, now, what was I going to say? The Warriors losing to the Spurs, of course, it's only one game. Right. But you can you really call them a super team? Yes, they got Kevin Durant. They added Kevin Durant and David West over the offseason. You have Stephen Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson. I could go on with this, but I, would you consider them a super team? I want to hear your opinion first. This actually isn't uh, the first time uh, that uh, something like this has happened because – we all remember the the big decision, LeBron James, of going to the Miami Heat, wanting to win a championship. He joined the likes of Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. And uh, the, what happened when they first went to the NBA Finals? They lost. Yes. It took them an, another two years. Okay, not two years. They ended up winning the next two NBA Finals in a row. Yes, they did. 
Um, so I guess you could say that they're a super team. However, however, yes, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't. Um, well, I'm not sure what the correct term is. I believe it would be consider them. Consider them. Um, because uh, let's look at it this way. Now, you do have some of the best players in the league r- right now. People may even consider this to be like the next uh, 1992 dream team. Yeah. But I actually am not going to go that crazy. Yeah, I wouldn't either. And I, I, I would say yes and no. But like you said, Miami Heat, yes. But when you have three superstars on one team, it's hard to like, let alone four as the Warriors do. It's hard to work that out. Like, you want to know who's going to make the big decisions on this team, who's going to do this and that. It doesn't take five games to decide that. It takes over a year. I I see them going to the playoffs. I see them coming short in the NBA championship. Now, if they can prove me wrong, I would love to see them prove me wrong. But I don't think I, – I consider them a super team, but give them a couple years and then we'll go from there. All right. Now, let's talk about this World Series game we're, we're off the nba topics this world series is without a doubt historic definitely one for the record books yes and this series is tied one to one now the game comes back to chicago cup stadium the last th- time that the uh, the world series has come to the windy city was game seven in 1945 and the last time the cubs even won the world series was in 1908 so this is historic for them now they're they're, we're tied at one to one. Cubs have a chance to go two and one in here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you've got teams bet people betting on them. Even LeBron and Dwayne Wade betted against each other yes. for this. Um, but but you still you still have a great team here with the Indians and Cubs. I, I did some research. I know it didn't seem like this earlier, but <laughs> I did do some research. And yeah. I don't know where the paper went, but anyway, I think the Cubs win tonight. I think the Cubs win tonight. What's what's your prediction here? Um, well. Corey Kluber of the the Indians has been doing very impressive so far as the uh, starting pitcher for the Indians. And thanks to him, uh, the Indians were able to shut out most people in the series. They were able to shut out uh, Boston, um, and they were able to shut out um, Toronto. And uh, now uh, they're here looking uh, to for a World Series. They've been having a drought themselves. Um, but I believe that, uh, Chicago is going, uh, Chicago has uh, their whole city behind them. Uh, I'm going to go with the Cubs by uh, two runs. Me too. I really want to see the Cubs do something historic here. Yep. It'll be just as historic, and I know this is a completely different sport. No. But just as historic as when American Pharaoh won the Triple Crown. Yes. Oh, (laughs) yes. That's a great comparison. And it's going to be really exciting. I can't wait to watch the game tonight. Me too. Now, we go out. We, we, we go out? No, we don't go out, but we, <laughs> we go, um, we're going to go to um, NFL here. All right. NFL, what, as my second favorite sport, football. First, it will always be basketball, but the Titans and Jaguars. I want to talk about that game for a minute. The Titans won 36-22, and... And I looked up the stat. The Jaguars had a total of 48 total rushing yards with four different people running. 48! Compared to the Titans' 280 rushing yards. Now, the Jaguars have great players. Why are they struggling, Will? Um, 
I'll be quite honest. I think it uh, might just be that uh, they're facing uh, defenses that are fresh and young. They are bringing in brand new players. Um, uh, unlike other defenses where they have these players that are aging and they still have and they do have a lot of experience. So, but uh, you have some of these uh, other younger uh, players that are ferocious, waiting to get their hands uh, on on the field. But I just think it's uh, all about uh, the defense. Yes, I do too. And I think the Jaguars, even though getting people like Jalen Ramsey on their team, they're still missing some key points on defense where it's hurting them in the end. DeMarco Murray rushed 123 rushing yards. Is he better off without the Cowboys? DeMarco Murray? Yes, I think. Yeah, I'm going to give my opinion. I He did great with the Cowboys, but then if he were to have come back, he would have been, let's admit it, the second string. Because you had Ezekiel Elliott, a promising running back. Is he? I think he's better off with the Cowboys. I miss him. I really do miss DeMarco Murray. I think he was a great asset before he decided to um, leave us and go to Philadelphia. But I think he. I think he's making himself and his name out there. He's compared to last year. He's doing a great job with the Titans, and uh, and him and Marcus Mariota are a great duel together. I've Mar- I've never seen Marcus Mariota do so well in the NFL. This is the second year. He's doing great. Yep. And this would definitely be his second year, I believe, in the NFL. Yes, there it is. But I'm not, yeah, because remember my freshman year, Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota were drafted last year. Yep, one same here. And <laughs> but now we're going to go into the top NFL games we want to pick. All right, so first our l- third London game this year. Our third <laughs> London. Redskins and Bengals, and this might be a decent game. Redskins coming off a loss after having a four-game winning streak. Bengals struggling. You've got... AJ Green versus Josh Norman, who has been cleared to play. Jordan Reed is coming back for the Redskins. Um, I am going to go with the Bengals on this one, though. I think the Bengals have a more talented team. I think the defense for the Redskins is struggling right now. Ryan Kerrigan and Breland and Norman can't do it by themselves. They need help. Hall's out. Hall's injured. And I see AJ Green running all over this, um, catching the ball and running all over this. Plus, you've got great running backs like Genovi Bernard and Jeremy Hill. Andy Dalton won't choke this time. Um, well, it's definitely good that the Redskins have a quarterback because Kirk Cousins has been out, and now jo- that Josh Arias is out, um, this, that will definitely help them, especially with their receivers like Deshaun Jackson and their running yardage. Um, but I'm going to go with the dynamic duo of A.J. Green and... Uh, Andy Dalton, they've still been very impressive. Yes, they have. You can't have one without the other. Exactly. Coming up next, I know this might be a low-rated game to people, but I got the Chiefs and the Colts for our, one of our, our next pick. Um, I love the Chiefs' defense here. Um, Colts being led by Andrew Luck here, despite not having an offensive line to help him out here. You still have people like T.Y. Hilton out there. And Frank Gore, the running game's gotten better for the Colts. Frank Gore's done pretty well. Um, but... Who do you have in the, against the Chiefs and the Colts? You got Alex Smith and Jamal with um, Spencer Ware, mm-hmm. running back, and receivers like Jeremy Macklin out there. Who do you got? Um, well, uh, Andrew Luck has definitely been an impressive uh, quarterback. I believe he does have potential to be a great star, and I believe he is a star. But I think he'll have potential to go even further. Um, but. Uh, I'm, I'm, this may be a low-scoring game, but I'm going to go by a touchdown Kansas City. I agree. And my pick on this, um, the Colts always know how to start off well, but I watched them against the Texans on Sunday night. Up 23. No, no, I'm sorry. Up 17 to nothing. Blew that lead. 
And I know that that's a small lead that you can blow, but still, like, and I love this um, Chiefs defense. You got Don Terry Poe with the defensive line, and I love what and Houston with the um, with the Chiefs. I I think Chiefs win this in the end by three. It'll be a low scoring game, like you said, sixteen to thirteen will be my prediction. Okay. Next, next wheel we have. The Patriots versus the Bills. Last time, no Tom Brady. Blown out by the Bills. Uh, shut out by the Bills, I should say. And you can definitely bet that uh, the Patriots are going to be on a mission to try to get redemption uh, against Rex Ryan. Yes. <laughs> Rex Ryan's already talking how they're going to upset this Patriots, th- Patriots team. Do you agree with Rex Ryan? Or do you, even though you're a Jets fan, <laughs> are you going to go with the Patriots well, on this one? During the times that Rex Ryan has coached my New York Jets, <laughs> it's been quite an adventure because Rex Ryan isn't afraid to, to speak his mind, and I do believe he's a good coach, and he has a good attitude, but uh, I'd say that if actions speak louder than words, without a doubt, you want to prove that you can uh, shut out, defeat the Patriots uh, twice? Yes. Then I uh, suggest uh, that you uh, stop talking and actually uh, do it. <laughs> I agree with you on go- that one. I'm going with uh, the Bills by one. Oh, I think this will be a high-scoring game, I do. It won't be high-high, but it will be high to where you see 30 points on the board. But I'm not going to be on Tom Brady's bandwagon here. But I don't see the Bills doing well this time. I think the Patriots win 30 the 21. Mm. Now, next game I thought was very interesting was the Lions and the Texans. Four, both 4-3. Four and three. Um, You have Brock Osweiler, who awful against the Broncos on Monday night. And they, no, what, no, I was just going to say, they, uh, they, they were doing well at first against the, the Broncos, but then they just sort of blew the whole lead uh, altogether. Yeah. Well, I don't consider 48 passing yards good in the first half. no. Now, in he, now his team was doing well, but he just wasn't putting stuff up there. Now, you got DeAndre Hopkins, who you can help out, but you saw the Lions that upset the Redskins last week. Mm-hmm. Do you think the Lions upset again? Beat the Texans? Make them 4-4? Four and four? Well, there's one uh, certain player on the Lions that has gotten my attention lately, and that's their wide receiver, Marvin Jones. Yes. He's just been uh, very impressive. He's been getting over, like, 100 passing yards each game. And uh, from a player that I have not heard a lot of, that uh, definitely uh, gets my attention. Yes. I know that's definitely uh, kind of common, but uh, this guy is definitely making a name for himself. He's even in the top uh, of the fantasy leagues. Yes. Um, so I say uh, the Lions actually do pull out another win. I am going to go with the Lions here, too. I, like Marvin Jones, I used to watch him with the Bengals. He was great, but they never let him reach his full potential. With the Lions now, taking Calvin Johnson's spot, he is filling up those shoes. Now, it's going to be hard to fill Megatron's shoes. I'm not saying he has filled them, but he's getting there. Honestly, you can honestly say Marvin Jones is getting up there to replace the Megatron. So, But I'm going to go with the Lions over the Texans. I think Brock Osweiler, I really was hoping to see him do well. I have not. He has not impressed me all year. I want to see him impress me. If he can, good job for you, bud. Lions on this one. All right. Next, I oh, – oh, my voice cracked. <laughs> Next, we have the 3-3-1 three, three and one Cardinals versus the 1-5 and five Panthers. Now, why did I pick this game? Well, I thought it was interesting. Every time the Cardinals and Panthers get together, it's a good game. I've got the Cardinals in this one. I think 
they find a, the Panthers are just struggling too much right now. It'll be a close one, Cardinals. You? Oh, man. Well, uh, I could say without a doubt that the Panthers' defense are going to have a tough time going up against uh, Larry Fitzgerald because uh, this is a definite—I guess you could call him an elite wide receiver. Yes, Larry is elite. I love him. Uh, uh, so uh, I figured that the defense is going to have to uh, do good at covering him. Yes. And Cam Newton is going to have to pull out his A game if the Panthers want to get a decent record out of this. Maybe not playoff material, but just enough. But I'd say Cardinals by three. Yes, I, I agree with you on that one. Next, three more from the NFL. Chargers versus Broncos, a rematch from two weeks ago. But now, high-powered Broncos defense want revenge on this Chargers. Melvin Gordon doing exceptionally well. Um... He's helping Phillip Rivers out here, but you're going against the Von Miller Broncos team. And don't forget, C.J. Anderson's starting to do well now after coming off injury for the Broncos. Uh, who do you have, Will? Let's hear your opinion. And this is going to be at Denver, correct? Yes, this is at Denver, which is tough to play at. Yes, I believe that will, that is without a doubt, always a key factor whenever you go to Mile High to play the Broncos. And especially when you go up against their defense with C.J. Anderson and Von Miller. Yes. Um, and so Philip Rivers is definitely going to have a tough time. Um, I'd say by ten, the Broncos win. Ooh, I agree with that. Next, the America's game of the week: Packers versus the Falcons. Now you have Matt Ryan and Julio coming, taking this, carrying this Falcons offense with only two losses. Now you have Aaron Rodgers and the Packers with a Jordy Nelson. Eddie Lacy, who struggled, but I watched Devontae Adams, their other wide receiver, on the other Thursday. I was so impressed by him. He has stepped up his game. I've got the Packers in this one. I think the Packers upset the Falcons. Let's hear your opinion, Will. All right, so I actually had a tough time deciding between this game, but when I learned that I believe that it was confirmed that Matt Ryan was confirmed to be out with an injury, so... I'd say the Falcons' offense are going to have a tough time uh, with Clay Matthews and ever, the entire Packers' uh, defense. Um, so I'm going to go with the Packers by a touchdown. They uh, stop the Falcons right here and now. And then finally, dun dun, the Cowboys and the Eagles on Sunday night. This game, if the Cowboys win it, they still have their hold on the NFC East. If they lose it, the Eagles have a chance to take it from them. But Dak Pre- it has been decided Dak Prescott more, will more than likely start. Give Romo a chance on the set. I think you can't stop this Dak Prescott. Oh, my goodness. Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott train. And I'm a Cowboy fan, but I've got to be a sports reporter on this thing. I think the Cowboys win this barely, but they win it. Um, so you got two uh, young quarterbacks uh, go- going up against each other. Carson Wentz or Wentzylvania going up against uh, Dak Prescott. Both up and coming. They are both have been doing very well so far. Um, uh, but I believe that this is all going to come down to the nitty-gritty. Um, and, <laughs> um, and I'd say by a touchdown, uh, the Cowboys will win this one, and they keep their hopes up uh-huh. for the NFC East. And I totally agree. And I'm very excited to watch this. I mean, but you also, you, the Eagles upset the Vikings last week, so the Cowboys have to be careful. Mm-hmm. Carlos Wentz, 
You have Darren Sproles, who's really been impressive these last few games. Great wide receivers like Jordan Huff out there for the Eagles. Um, now, let's talk about a conversation that I heard from Stephen A. the other day. Should the NFL still have ties hmm. in this game? You know, the Cardinals in Seattle ended in a tie, 6-6. Six to six. Yes. People are saying, should there even be a tie? Should they just continue until someone wins the game? My opinion, let's hear your opinion first, Will. I love hearing your opinions first. <laughs> well, thank you very much. <laughs> um, this is actually kind of a tough because uh, a tie would uh, not really hurt you at all. It wouldn't really hurt your team, but it wouldn't benefit you. Really, uh, ah, it wouldn't really benefit you either. Um, but uh, I'd say at this point in the season, I'd say that uh, yeah, there probably uh, should uh, be no more ties. Even though uh, it may not be uh, good for the NFL when it comes to ratings, when the games just keep going on and on. Yes. But I just think it might uh, be best uh, if they just got rid of the ties. Well, I, I agree with you on a couple of that. But, yes, you might be getting rid of tradition. But, I, in my opinion, if you can't fin- win the game within the exotic minutes that you have, then the tie should be allowed. I mean... I don't know. I'm, I was talking about this with my mom the other day, and she said she agreed. She said this. She said, "I feel like instead of getting rid of tradition, you should score the allotted points that are needed to be scored in the time zone that you have in the NFL. I mean, you have four quarters and possibly overtime if it's tied at the end of four quarters. Why change that? I mean, this has been tradition for years. Um, we've seen traditions change. I mean, we saw the college football championship turn into a playoff, but." Honestly, I, I say I agree with you on many levels, but I say keep the ties, honestly. Okay. All right. Guess what? It is now time for TJ and Will's picks in college football. So, Will, we have very impressive games coming up for college football. Yep. Starting out with number 10 West Virginia, high-powered offense versus Marcus Rudolph and the Oklahoma State Cowboy. Yeehaw. Offense. <laughs> now, I'm going to show you West Virginia's schedule they have after Oklahoma State. West Virginia has not played anybody tough except for Kansas State and BYU. And they won those games by a total of four points. Three over the BYU and one over Kansas State. Now, look at their schedule. They'll, they'll beat Kansas after Oklahoma State, but they got Texas, Oklahoma, Iowa State. In a way, Iowa State may be tough, but Baylor as well. But now, but first, they got to go for the Cowboys. So, I'm taking West Virginia. I love West Virginia in this game. I love their running back. He has 459 rushing yards and six rushing touchdowns. He did a great job against TCU last week. Mountaineers win it. I have definitely been impressed with Skylar Howard of West Virginia getting over 500 uh, passing yards. This guy is just a machine right now. He is. So the Mountaineers are definitely going to have a tough schedule ahead of them. But I'd say by a touchdown, the Mountaineers are able to hang on and stay undefeated. Now, last year, can you name me one of the biggest upsets in last season's college football game? I would have to say it wouldn't be. I guess it would have to be Michigan State versus uh, Michigan. Correct. It was one of them, and they play good to each other this year. Michigan on their minds of, we should have won that game. But Michigan State turned events around after blocking a punt then raining it back for a touchdown. Now... Michigan State has struggled this year. And Michigan, with Ohio State losing, Michigan is back on top. 
huge surprise with Ohio State losing to Penn State. I know, and Penn State deserves a bunch of credit. Now they're ranked. I'm so happy for Penn State. Yep. But I've got Michigan. I think Michigan comes out and beats Michigan State. I haven't been impressed with what I see. I like L.J. Scott from um, from Michigan State running back. He's done pretty well this year. But Michigan is a surprise one. you got to watch out for Jabril Peppers from Michigan. He is a monster on defense. Michigan wins it. All right, so hold on a second. Wilson Spate, uh, that's uh, Wilson Spate, uh, the, that's it, the quarterback for uh, Michigan. Yes. He's He's been, uh, I guess you could call him an unstoppable force. Um, and uh, he's been having good uh, offensive line with uh, Michigan. And with the coaching of Jim Harbaugh, you could bet that the Wolverines are on their way to big things. Yes. I'm going to go with the Wolverines uh, by 14. Yes. Um, next, we have the number four surprising Washington Huskies and Jake Browning taking on number 17 Utah, who in a shootout game against UCLA won by the hair of their chinny-chin-chins. Now, Washington, <laughs> Washington comes in this game with a possible Heisman candidate. You blow out Stanford. You blow out Oregon. Now, the toughest the game I saw them struggle the most against was Arizona. Now they probably they're playing their toughest test of the season. Utah. Will your opinion? Your pick? Well, uh, Jake Brownie is without a doubt a player that just came out of nowhere. In fact, Washington came out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> they they shut out uh, Stanford and Christian McCaffrey, who was originally a Heisman candidate, but now we have no idea what his uh, future has in store. Um, but uh, I'd say uh, this will be a close one, but I'd say by 10, Washington wins. Now, this is a rivalry that dates back to 1915. That's when the first game was ever played. Florida, number 14, taking on Nick Chubb and the Georgia Bulldogs. Now, yes, Georgia has struggled. Grayson Lambert has struggled. Um, and Florida has only one loss on their name, Tennessee. Now they take on the Georgia team, and it's always good when these two play. It's so exciting to watch. Who do you have in this game? Your opinion, your pick, Will. <laughs> All right. So uh, Florida has, without a doubt, been a uh, dominant team, and I like Florida. What's not to like about Florida? They're uh, a really good football school. Yes. <laughs> um, th- they have a good offense, good defense. They have a good coach and Billy Don. No, not Billy Donovan. Uh, that's for basketball. Never mind. Uh, Will Campbell. That's yes. it, I believe. Yes, it is. Um, so yes, they're definitely on their way to uh, to, to big things. Um, and then you got G- Georgia with Nick Chubb, who is a good, uh, an outstanding running back here in the SEC. Um, this will definitely be a, a close game, a lot closer yeah. than I give the, I, I would probably give this game credit for. But I'm gonna go with my gut. Florida, Georgia, and oh, <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, wow. Now, here's another top game. Wisconsin always seems to stay at number eleven, even when they lose. It's either number ten or, or number eleven for them. Lost two games: Michigan and Ohio State. Now they play another top. 10 team, Nebraska, with Armstrong, the quarterback who's having a better season. Last year, he had 12 interceptions. This year, he's held himself to only four. Now, Corey Clement and the Wisconsin offense has looked great this year, but now they take on a tough Nebraska Corn Husker defense. Mm-hmm. And 
What do you, your opinion, your pick, Will? Uh, the Nebraska defense has, without a doubt, been on a roll so far, and that's one of the things. Uh, talent wins games, but defense wins championships, as Michael Jordan says, and uh, you need a good defense in order to be successful. Um, uh, so, Wisconsin, Nebraska definitely has the edge on uh, defense, but I'd say Wisconsin has the edge on uh, offense with Corey Clement. Um, I'd say by a touchdown, the Badgers win. Yes, I am going with the upset here in Nebraska over Wisconsin. Ooh, you, you did your upset, I did mine. Yes, exactly. I actually have two upsets coming up. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> well, actually, never mind, just one. But I have Nebraska upsetting Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin has not beaten the top 10 team yet, but that doesn't mean they can't beat Nebraska. But even though Nebraska was down 14-3 to against, Nebraska, against um, Purdue, they come out and they beat Wisconsin, I think. All right. Next, the big game, Florida State, Tallahassee oh. Oh. versus Deshaun Watson and undefeated Clemson Tigers while Dalvin Cook and Florida State wait anxiously for them. Now, Dalvin Cook has 900 rushing yards already this year. Um, he's a Heisman candidate just as much as Deshaun Watson is. It's always a great game when these two play. Your pick, your opinion, Will. All right, so Daquan Cook definitely is a, a good quarterback. Um, and I'd say that he definitely has uh, some potential in him to be a, a rising star, maybe even in the NFL if yes. he decides to do that. He's a running back, by the way. I think he's a quarterback. Back. Okay, <laughs> my bad. However, Florida State has not faced anybody like this year's Clemson team. Deshaun Watson, he's ahead of the pack. He's... One of the top quarterbacks in the nation. Yes. He's the head of the Heisman run. You got Dabo Sweeney, phenomenal coach, without a doubt. Oh, I'm going to go by one point. Clemson wins. Woo! And I have to agree with you. Dabo Sweeney is a phenomenal coach, and so is Jimbo Fisher. As much as arrogant as Jimbo is, he's a phenomenal coach. Yes. But I like Florida State a little bit. But I also love what this Clemson offense has done. Even though they've come close to losing several occasions, NC State, Troy, Auburn, Louisville, come close to beating this team. But Florida State has two losses. It's Houston, not Houston. Oh, that was Oklahoma. No, Florida State has lost to Louisville badly. What makes you think Clemson won't blow them out? Well, they won't anyway. It'll be a three-point game. My pick, 23-20, to Clemson. All right. Now... Before we we end the show, well, we were talk. I was talk. We need to um, talk about who's going to win this Gardner Webb and Liberty game. All right. <laughs> All right. So yeah, we, uh, we completely missed that. Oh man. So Tyrell Maxwell uh, should, uh, in my opinion, should focus on his, his passing game a little bit more than his rushing game. Khalil Lewis uh, is a already doing well at rushing, and Chad Jeter and Aaron Cook need to stay on Stephen Calvert uh, of Liberty. I'm going to say 31-28 to Gardner-Webb. Yes, I would agree with you on that. I think Gardner-Webb is tired of losing, you know, after a shootout with Kennesaw State and losing the game they felt like they should have upset to Coastal. They take their anger out on Liberty and beat them once more. No revenge for Liberty. No, no. (laughs) Gardner-Webb takes this win. All right. All right, well, 
That is it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. I'm TJ. And I'm Will. And this is Zero Zero Quarters. Quarters. And we will see you next Friday.